DJ Bowman Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 48. This week my guest is Joshua Neal and he'll be talking about his upcoming book The Boy of Dust and Ash which is on pre-order at the moment but is due for release on the 23rd of July so in about another month. And we'll be talking all things author and we're both, well he still is a teacher and I'm an old teacher as you know so we had quite a lot of things to talk about. Um, and he writes for young adults. So stick around for the interview section. So at my desk this week, well, I haven't been at my desk this week. This week I've been in Berlin and uh, I've only just got back actually. Um, you know, how keen am I? <laughs> I've been back a day, dealt with the, with the sort of uh, holiday washing like you do. And then my husband's gone off on a fishing trip and he's going to be gone for a week. And so I've got this sort of whole week ahead of me where I really haven't got to do anything else except kind of please myself and um, obviously please the dog, look after the dog. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having this little moment. It's a bit like a writing retreat, but in your own house. And I've been very careful to avoid anything sociable. Um, people sort of go, oh, you're on your own, come for dinner. And I'm like, mm, maybe not. So I've kind of kept it quite quiet so that people don't um, feel that they have to ask me round. Because uh, it's it's a very funny thing being a writer. I think people, you know, I mean, I think people do realise that you need to be on your own in order to achieve the writing process. Um, but I think they kind of think that secretly you don't like doing it and so that you, you're easily taken away. Well, I really do like it. And as much as I absolutely adore my husband, we're very companionable and we have, you know, a really good time together and I love him to bits. Uh, at the same time, I'm really happy to have this week to myself to get on with my writing. So I've been kind of um, having a look at my kind of list, my notes, my bits and pieces that I need to get done. And obviously there's various things, you know, within the indie author life that need doing, obviously like the podcast, which is why it's kind of my first job this week. I'm kind of going to start getting on with my kind of week off on my own tomorrow, if you see what I mean. And so today I'm kind of just doing a few little bits and pieces. I've kind of answered all my emails. I've set up podcasts that need to be set up and sent Zoom links out and answered anything else that needs to be done and um yes i've tried to uh uh sort out the tiktok shop yet again but it's still not working um i think i'm gonna have to find some outsource to try and get it sorted because tiktok themselves don't seem to be able to get me out of this kind of rut that i'm in really so if you know any good videos that aren't actually done by tiktok because believe me i've watched them all um, that are, you know, done by somebody separate from that, you know, do in fact let me know. You can you can reach me across social media and uh, through my website, um, all of that stuff. I'm easy to get hold of. And, uh, you know, I would like to know if you've set up a TikTok shop and you've achieved it, or if you saw a video that helped you do such a thing, then, you know, do you know, do help me out. Somebody help me, please. Anyway, so that, that goes on. It goes on. Here I am still sat here with my boxes of stock. Um not yet sold a book on the TikTok shop. Anyway, I am selling a few books on Amazon this week, which was quite nice. I don't know how that happened. I don't think I advertised any more than normal. Not, I'm not doing any paid adverts at the moment, but I've had actually quite a good month. So who knows what that's all about? Who understands the algorithms? I'm sure I don't. Anyway, so what, you know, so what I want to get achieved this week is I want to really make a good inroad into book two of The Midwitch. And I've already planned it. I planned it quite a while ago. Um, so I've got all my story beats laid out. I kind of know which, you know, how that story is going to go. And I've got a little book of a little a small notebook here on my desk next to me, which I kind of write any little odds and ends in 
that kind of just pop into my head that I think, oh yes, that would be funny. You know, I can see my character doing that or that would be, you know, witchy or whatever it is. Various little bits and pieces that I kind of think of. And it's always good if you are um, coming up to writing something and, and it's kind of mulling over in your mind, which I think is a big part of the writing process, to be sure. Um, I think when you're doing that, it's always good to have somewhere to write something down, but not random things. It's no good, you know, because you'll never find it again. If you write it in your big notebook that's got all the shopping lists and, you know, pick the laundry up and God knows what else, um, you know, you're just going to lose it. But I, I feel now, you know, I know where these notes are and certainly tomorrow I'll be getting out the planning notes that I've got on Scrivener. And I will be taking out the notebook that I've written all my odds and ends of ideas and they're all quite random. Um, they're not in any particular order or, you know, even within particular characters. But I'll be having a look at that and seeing which ideas that I think will actually make themselves into the actual proper planning. And, uh, and that's going to be my week next week. So although I've been away from my desk this week... I am definitely thinking about really being at my desk next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, enough of me rambling on as usual. Sorry about my crackly voice, but I'm quite tired. Um, we only got back yesterday afternoon. And uh, so I've only been back less than 24 hours. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty feeling pretty worn out, actually. I think we walked something like um, 18 miles over about two and a half days, which is pretty, pretty, it's quite a lot to walk on um, my terribly flat feet and a hip replacement and, uh, and on the hard pavement. So my legs really ache today, I have to say. But anyway, even said, having said that, I have taken the dog for a nice walk and uh, all's well, really. So that's me. So anyway, come and have a meet, come meet Joshua Neal and uh, let's hear all about him. Okay, so on the Words and Pictures podcast this week, my guest is Joshua Neal. His New book, The Book of the Boy of Dust and Ash, is on pre-order at the moment and is out soon. And he's an indie author like myself, and he writes for young adults. So, um, hi, Josh. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited it, to be here. It's nice to see you. Yes. So uh, we're we're here having a chat. We had a bit of a contretemps last week. Um, my dog ran away. <laughs> my my husband was walking the dog and Josh was left hanging on the end of the podcast. It's never happened to me before. And I was just absolutely distraught. But anyway, we've got that sorted out. So we've had to wait another week to actually get face to face. So it's great to finally get get to have a chat with you. And I've got so many questions, Josh. I'm I never have any problem asking you people these things. <laughs> um, tell me about The Boy of Dust and Ash, then. This is on pre-order, and it's it's looking good. I'm liking the look of that. Tell, tell, me, about you. You. Tell, tell me about your new book. Um, so The Boy of Dust and Ash is Devi. He is the boy of Dust and Ash. Um, and basically, Devi is an orphaned peasant farmer. Um, his life's dream is to uh, become a stone seeker. Uh, which means to seek these four ancient elemental stones that each possess a, a powerful magic and they combine to um, unlock a fifth element called the ether. Um, the ether stones saga is the, the name of the series. Uh, the Boy of Dust and Ashes is the first book in the series. Um, and it's about Devi's pursuit of the fire stone, which is uh, the most attainable of these four stones, basically. Uh, it sounds good. It sounds like a good, a good saga, a good, uh, a good story you can get your teeth into. Um, mm. How many books do you plan, um, Josh, or are you just seeing where the story takes you? Um, well, I had originally planned a trilogy, so there will be at least three. Um, 
but during the writing process various other ideas have come and yeah. there, there will be there. at I've least been there yeah yeah there my, will be at least my trilogy three, that's now more. five books yeah but yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So it's going to be an open-ended trilogy yeah, yeah, and yeah. and sometimes I think you can write that first three parts of the story, but you can always we always know what happens next, don't we? This mm-hmm. is the thing, you know. Even when I write the end and I don't actually want to or plan to write anymore, I can I can always tell you what happened to the characters because mm-hmm. they just go on living in your imagination, yeah. don't they? Yeah, you can't, so interestingly, you can't stop it. It's not what happens next that has kind of um, been the thing that I've kind of tried to keep a lid on in terms of you know, books to write in the future. It's what happened before. Um, so, yeah, the the series very much started out with The Boy of Dust and Ash and, and Devi's story. Um, but the the backstory and the things that have kind of led up to Devi being in the situation that he finds himself in, um, yeah, that's something that I've come up with a, a lot more ideas for and something that I definitely want to pursue further in future books, yeah. Mm. And do, and do you, are you a big planner? Do you, do you plan it out or, or do you just let it, or do you just sort of carry it around in your head and then just go for it? This is the first book that I have really planned. I used to very much just be, um, you know, kind of fly by the seat of your pants. But yeah, this book, I, I kind of put some effort into to really plan beforehand, mostly because structurally was... Uh, the things that I found, you know, most kind of not troublesome exactly, but the things that I weren't really happy with with my previous work were mostly kind of structural things. So I really wanted to kind of dig into, you know, plotting out the structure beforehand. And I don't think I'll ever go back. I think I'm very much a a, a plotter now from, you know, from here forward. Yeah, I think sometimes when we start to write, we think, oh, I feel like writing and you write some stuff. You think, oh, that's mm-hmm. not too bad. I think we well, could go here, go here. And you just took, I kind of used to just, like you say, right off the seat of my pants. But yeah. the more I wrote, the more I realised I had to get a handle on it and get it organised. Otherwise, it was just, you know, it, it wasn't it just wasn't hitting, you know, that satisfactory story beat when you read, mm-hmm. read it. I think that's an important thing. I think I have to say that many professional writers even if that were a bit you're a bit discovery we you tend to get into the plotting and getting it mm-hmm. organized i think i think yeah. that's part i think that's part of it mm-hmm. yeah fascinating stuff so that's exciting how many books have you written so far though you've got quite a few in your little stable there um i yeah i've written a couple um i have two published uh, well that i will have two published when the boy of dust and ash uh, releases um i have a yeah my debut novel is called the debt diary um and then i have Another novel mostly written, um, but not quite finished, that is unpublished and that I really want to go back to at some point, mm. but that probably will remain unpublished for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. all got those. We've all got a few books in the bottom drawer, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they, they just they just build up over time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just all good fun. Um, why why do you write for young adults? Josh, why why is that important to you? Do you think do you think you always will? Do you think you might move about? I know you you said you're in education. Were you are you mm-hmm. an old are you an old teacher like me? Um, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a teacher. Yeah, I still teach, and I think that's part of the reason why. Um, yeah, so I teach at kind of you know that level. I, I taught secondary, and I I teach in a in a further education college now, but still kind of you know sixteen to nineteen year olds. Um, so I think that probably plays a part. Um, I think that's just a, a really formative period as well of a person's life. Uh, life. If you're going to be kind of a, a lifelong literature lover, 
kind of that's where you'll really start digging into kind of what literature is. You know, you will have um, have read books before that, obviously, and you might have, um, you know, read series that really piqued your interest and been a reader before those kind of teenage years. But I think those years are really where you start to kind of, you know, become conscious of the fact that there's somebody on the other side of the page who has sat down and has made these conscious decisions to, to kind of reach you, okay. um, essentially, yeah. I think it's interesting that I can, you know, I, I read a lot, I read everything, um, but I probably couldn't tell you, you know, all of the books that I read last year, but I can definitely tell you what I read in those years that you're talking about, that those books really made an, make an impression on you, whether you liked them, whether you didn't, and they kind of stay with you. And, and possibly they, uh, you know, when you become a writer, I think they they almost inform what you're writing. They they. Mm. They have a, you know, they're, they're like ghosts in the background, you know, that that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Who who do you think was your most influential um, writer, author? Well, to completely contradict everything that I've just said, I think probably <laughs> Philip K. Dick, who I didn't start reading until somewhat later on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, for me, probably, yeah, probably him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think. Well, I think it's interesting how you know these these things do do. I, I mean, I reread um, uh, the Dune thing um, mm -hmm. by Frank Herbert, which mm -hmm. I read read in my formative years, and uh, and then when I when I read it again as an as a older older adult, I'm much older than you, George, <laughs> I'm saying an older adult. I I realized how much it had influenced me. How many yeah. how many things that I that I I kind of um not used consciously but but how much it had influenced me as a mm -hmm. as a writer although I don't really write science fiction I write fantasy but mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's incredible how that stayed with you yeah fascinating stuff so do you think you'll always write for YA do you think you might write something a bit more you know do you think you might um, write for older older people I think I will primarily write for young adults yeah I don't think I would write older I think I would probably write slightly younger I think I I would quite like to write some middle grade stuff at some point as well yeah yeah um, so what what do you think sets a, what makes a book a YA book as opposed to an adult book I mean I know that a lot of these books cross over because people mm, like to to do that yeah. but what do you think because I'm one way or the other I write middle grade and, mm -hmm. and um, I've got a picture book on the back burner that I'm going to get going in a minute um and and then I write you know dark grim dark gritty mm -hmm. fantasy you know so so what what makes a book why um well i think it has to be about a teenager i think yep. would be yeah um one of the probably one of the more obvious things um and then i would say that it would kind of give the reader an introduction to maybe certain things that adult literature might dive a little deeper into um, or it might give them an introduction to kind of, you know, dark elements, dark themes, um, you know, even kind of the, the slightly more kind of romantic or erotic kind of elements very much dialed back in young adult, whereas in adult, you can obviously explore that um, a lot more deeply. So, yeah, I would say kind of. I mean, it is difficult to define. Definitely. Um where middle grade kind of blends into YA and then YA, you know, the Y drops off. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would say young adult literature gives an introduction to things that adult literature might kind of 
um, mm. yeah, dive into a little more, a little more deeply or a little more with fewer um, inhibitions, I guess. And as a teacher, do you do you try your your work out on your students? Do you do you give the give it to the read, or or is that this a part of you that they know nothing about? Do you keep it separate? I do keep it separate, but I have yeah. tested it out on them as well. I just didn't let them know that it was mine that I was testing. <laughs> I've out. done that. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I teach um, the English language uh, GCSE. And so for that, we use a lot of kind of unseen extracts, just, you know, bits and pieces from various things rather mm. than analyzing a whole text. So it's very easy. Yeah. Just to rip a chapter out of my book and plonk that in front of them. Mm. And yeah, they're none the wiser. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good fun. Yeah. yeah, and it's quite nice to sort of uh, see people's reactions to it and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, t- it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, well, it can be nice. Scary, but, then but yeah. It, yeah, it can be not so nice when they, you know, criticise it, not knowing that it's your work that they're criticising. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then you're getting, a, you're getting a very honest opinion. <laughs> you're there, getting a very you? honest opinion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's that's great fun. I like that. Um, so you're, you're doing, uh, I've noticed on your website that you've got an amazing thing that's called the Indie the indie book club tell me Mm -hmm. about the indie book club josh i want to know about that (laughs) um so basically it's a it's a monthly book club like you know like any other um it's all online um we don't meet in person um and it's all books from you know self-published or independent authors or um possibly kind of a small independent um press Mm-hmm. Um, so basically we or I collate four um, titles each month all by self-published authors um, send out some information about them links to the authors you know book websites that kind of thing um, and then towards the end of the month um, I'll send out a poll get members to kind of vote on which book they like the look of the most um, and then we'll read the winner the following month repeat the process it's very young I only started at the beginning of the year and it's taken a little bit of a backseat already the last, just the last month, I would say, um, just because things with my own book have been ramping up um, a lot. So I've had a little bit less time for it. Um, but yeah, just trying to slowly build that over the course of the year, really. Um, just get people reading more self-published authors, you know, independent yeah, publishers, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, well, it's, it just seemed like such a great idea. I can't, can't believe nobody's really thought of it or I haven't mm. seen it on anybody else's stuff. So, you know, don't worry folks. So I'll put the link in the show notes um, for, if you want to join um, Joshua Neal's Indie Book Club, I think that's a good thing. It's a, it's, it's a good fun thing to do. And it's, it's all about um, spreading the love, isn't it? That's and, it. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and you do also find... get a free Sorry, you do also get a free bookmark as well. I just thought I'd drop that in there oh. if you sign up. So I've got some little Love. indie book hub bookmarks that I will send out to yeah to to new members. Yeah, that sounds like a really sweet thing. I think it's nice the way I think indie authors. Um, I think we do help each other out quite a lot. I think we're quite mm-hmm. it's quite a good community. Have you have Definitely, you found yeah. found that? Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's kind of, kind of why I I wanted to start it really. Yeah, just to um to build that community further really um but yeah there's always um kind of little writers groups and you know little sub communities and things popping up um but yeah i I definitely found that that yeah everybody not even just authors but um you know kind of like yourself people with podcasts people with blogs all that kind of thing um have been really supportive yeah yeah yeah. i I think i think it's quite good i think we're quite good at um information sharing and things Mm -hmm. i mean so you're you're doing your your teaching which is Mm -hmm. which is a i mean i would i taught um early years Mm -hmm. um 
and and teaching is a very hard job it's very hard to get enough headspace at the end of the day to do anything creative I always found Mm -hmm. found I was completely completely exhausted you know so what what does your writing life look like Josh how do you fit that in with all things teaching I mean I'm amazed you're getting anything done to be honest (laughs) so um I would say I'm I'm quite lucky um I, I think high school you know secondary school teachers I think are, are a lot more overworked than I would say I am I'd say I'm quite lucky at, at the the college that I work at um it's not too bad in in terms of um you know being swamped by paperwork and admin and uh, middle management kind of political battles and all that kind of thing it's, of it's not so yeah. bad um so I, I did work at a secondary school um when I initially qualified um in 2016 that would have been now which seems ages ago seems far too long ago and yeah that was really difficult I think if I was still in a secondary school I wouldn't find the time to write um but I don't bring a lot of work home with me at, for, from college to be honest so yeah I, I just do a couple of hours in the evenings um dedicate uh, a day sometimes two at the weekends to it rarely two um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah evenings and weekends really yeah, yeah, because I think I think it's good to earmark the time. Otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. life just takes over. And I think when you've got a, you know, a pressure, you know, a job that takes a lot of your, you know, emotion, emotional, um, you know, it it it's a lot. Te- teaching wouldn't mm-hmm. matter, although you're making light of it, it, is it's a damn hard job. You know, I mean, it's I very did yeah. I did supply for years so that I could kind of teach for a couple of days and then write for a couple of days and, mm-hmm. until it became that I realized I wasn't a teacher that wrote I was a writer that taught and it was time mm-hmm. to pack the teaching yeah. in yeah, which, yeah. which I sort of threw it off the back about two years ago um mm-hmm. but even even on the supply teaching I found I was I was so damn tired after a, mm-hmm. a very couple of stressful days in school it took me like a day to recover before yeah. I ever, ever even got any writing done you know so. as a yeah as a supply teacher I can't imagine I think that must be the most difficult teaching of all you know just walking into a a classroom of students you you, you know the ones that you do know are difficult enough a stu- yeah, classroom yeah. full of students you don't know yeah yeah yeah, yeah you, you've got to have a bit of a bit of a kick-ass happy yeah, attitude that's for sure yeah, even with the little ones you know you've got to go in there and go rah you know yeah. but uh but no it was I mean I enjoyed it and I had like a lot of schools that I went back to often so I did get to know the teachers mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the students and and you know you knew where everything was and what they mm-hmm. expected of you and things like that um, you know, to the point that they knew me so well, I would do things like take assembly and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. <laughs> They'd say, "Oh, could you do this this morning?" And I was kind of, yeah. you know, easy going, and yeah, you know, yeah. it, it was fine. But but then, you know, you're still also doing the days where you're just walking in completely cold mm-hmm. in a school you've never been to, and just you know having to you know literally jump in and mm-hmm. survive. You know, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Ah, so and uh, and uh, you know, a lot of nice TAs that helped, and uh, also some other ones that were horrid and didn't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, a mixed bag. Happy days. Now, definitely. Anyway, never mind about that nonsense. Um, I've noticed that on your website that you are using Patreon. Now, this is something that I keep it keeps popping up. I I pod I podcast. My host for the podcast is Podbean, and they're great, and mm-hmm. they keep saying put pod put patreon on your website i haven't got around to doing it how have you mm-hmm. found the patreon josh is, um, is, it, is it working out well is it hard to set up do you you know how, how so it in terms of how easy it was to set up it yeah it was it was fine no no issues at all 
Um, I haven't actually launched the Patreon yet, so I can't, you know, give you any feedback about, um, you know, how how people have engaged with it or anything like that. Um, I'm planning to to launch that when the the book releases. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, in terms of setting it up, it was incredibly easy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I'm, I might put it on for the for the podcast site. So, I'll, yeah, I think watch, watch this space. See how I get on. Yeah. With that. I think is it's a really good option to have, yeah, because it is so easy to set up if people want to, um, you know, if if people want to um, subscribe, they can subscribe. If they don't want to subscribe, they don't have to. It's kind of it's there if people want it. Um, yeah. You know, you, you I guess it very much like most things, you'll get out of it what you put into it, essentially. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's exactly it. Thus, thus spoke the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Josh. That's exactly what we've been telling them all along. Until <laughs> we come up to exam season. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Go on, it's up to you now, kids. Yeah, exactly. Well, I will bear that in mind, uh, teacher Josh. If I, <laughs> if I fucking put Patreon, I should get out of it what I put into it, like so much else. Um, so, Josh, I always ask people about their book covers because this is the words mm -hmm. and pictures. Um, tell me about your book covers. How did they come into being? Did you have a? Did you commission art? Did you do it yourself? You got a mate? How did, um, how did yeah. it work? So, kind of a mixed bag, really. Um, I will have three unique book covers for the Boy of Dust and Ash. Mm -hmm. um, the first was um commissioned um i used just kind of a you know an ebook cover design company um i had a very clear and specific idea of what i wanted on the book um and that's the the one that i'll use for for the ebook and the the um paperback cover um so that covers very much out there people can see that but yeah i had a very clear vivid image of what i wanted for that told them exactly that they produced it for me kind of you know they they almost nailed it first time to be fair but we went through uh, a few revisions and yeah I'm, I'm really pleased with that one um i have designed a hardcover um edition uh, and i've done the the cover for that myself not quite happy with that the proof the proof copy um arrived today i opened it just before we we jumped on the podcast actually uh -huh. a few tweaks still need to be made to that one not quite happy with it um, and then the final one that I have, um, actually, since we were talking about Patreon just a second ago, um, that's going to be a, a collector's edition. And that's one that will be available exclusively through Patreon. Um, cool. So you can subscribe to the, the collector's tier and you will get this uh, numbered one to 10, only 10 copies available um, edition of the book. And that was one that I I didn't commission um, the art, but there was an, an artist on on twitter and he put out this great piece of art that i just loved and was just perfect for for what i wanted for the cover um so i got in touch with him and yeah i, I kind of got the the rights to use that from him um oh, arthur baron good. baron clement his name is um, oh, on, cool. on twitter and he seems to put stuff out every day i don't know how he does it because everything he puts out is amazing and it's just like churned out day after day. I don't know. It's Some people are so bloody productive, aren't they? Definitely, it drives yeah. you it drives you mad. Sometimes I've I've achieved nothing today. Absolutely no. nothing. All, all I've all I've done is just do admin y stuff, you know. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I've done stuff, That's but I've done nothing. Yeah. I've done nothing creative, you no. know. So and we're going away next week for for a couple of days. So I've, I've kind of got that in my mind. So we're going to mm -hmm. we're going to Germany for for a week. So oh, nice. I'm I'm trying to sort of get that sorted out but no it is amazing when you see these people that just keep putting up the art or they've written another book and you think mm -hmm. 
you know but i think we all work at our own pace and and definitely some people are just quicker aren't they you know definitely yeah, yeah. no 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah you can't yeah. compare yourself to other people just yeah only to yeah. you only to yourself and also i think like you were saying about the um getting the proof copy in your hand it's it's very interesting how you when it's on screen you think ah mm. that's it that's looking good I'm, i can mm. almost just publish the whole thing it's absolutely fine yeah but when you get the proof copy in your hand you think oh my god there's a line or that's not level or mm-hmm. was that really the color that i thought and i, yeah. I i've always get proofs back in, in yeah, order yeah. to have a look mm-hmm. at it and and i've been doing it for a while and i used to do book covers for other people and things and oh yeah i still look at you know i still make sure that i actually see the the print in my hand before yeah, I, I think you have to yeah. really yeah because it's mm-hmm. it's surprising how you know the other thing is if you've got anybody in your life that's um that's artistic that or mm-hmm. or has done covers i mean me included you know you if you send it to somebody else to have a look at it i, I quite often look at other people's book covers not for any cost or anything just mm-hmm. just to cast your eye because i see stuff that people don't notice you know and and they and yeah. somebody sent me one the other day and they've got like there was like little lines in it that i don't mm-hmm. think they'd noticed and i sort of yeah. said you know this is what you've got to do and either send me the layered files and I fix it yeah, or I yeah. gave, them a, gave them a quick fix about what, what to do about it. And it's, it's, it's yeah, that's it. It's, it's, um, it's interesting. Sometimes um, well, it's a bit like editing your, your words. I, I send my own things, my daughter's um, uh, in marketing. And so I mm-hmm. quite often give her my stuff to, ha- well, not quite often. I always give her my stuff because she's, you know, she's about your age, Josh, she's mm-hmm. with it. She's got, she's in the groove and she looks at it and goes, oh, you can't have yellow or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? yeah. and she just sees it with another eye and you think, yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. And, and and it's annoying because I find, well, not annoying, it's fabulous. Um, Because she just does, um, sometimes she'll just get in there and just tweak it. And I can't mm-hmm. even tell you what she's done. Yeah. But suddenly, somehow, it I, it kind of clicks in and looks better. Just she, know it looks better. Yeah, yeah, she's got a great eye for the balance of things, mm-hmm. which I think sometimes mm-hmm. people get get caught up about the illustration of the cover, mm-hmm. the artwork, and they forget about the whole balance of the the way the words and the mm-hmm. the title and the whole thing needs to just I don't know click into place. And I think it's quite hard to do that. Definitely, yeah. yeah I think it's yeah. very much like a, a kill your darlings type thing as well. Yeah, kind yeah. Of- you just, if you have like a, a cool design element or something that you want featured on the cover you just think like that's good that's cool I want that on there but actually kind of what you leave off is sometimes as important as what what you put on or what you take off yeah is almost as important as, as what you put on the, the same in in writing like sometimes just the the balance or the rhythm of the the sentence requires that that really good word is taken out rather than left in yeah yeah even though it's a great word yeah yeah and i think also with book covers um i think people start with the with the artwork and actually you need to start with the type Mm. put the type on first Mm -hmm. decide what that type is and then put the the picture in the back Mm -hmm. and make make the picture fit with the typeface Mm -hmm. do it that way round. it'll work much better that's my advice Mm. (laughs) if you're doing your if you're doing your own Put put the words on. Decide what. Have a look at all the typefaces in your genre that you like. Mm-hmm. Decide which one you're going to go to. Which one you're going to match it to. Put mm-hmm. the put the words on. Get that whole cover balanced with the words on, and then then put the artwork on. Yeah, and, and, that makes a lot um, of sense. And that'll that'll do the thing. And also, um, even if you're doing eBooks and paperback, do the paperback first, and then 
cut it off for the ebook. Mm-hmm. Don't do it the other way around. Don't try and change it from e- mm-hmm. from ebook cover just that oblong into the other way. Do the do yeah, the whole yeah. do the whole thing. Do the whole paperback and then. then and then then have a look and for the e- ebook. Yeah, I mean crop, but you'll also need to have another little jig of it. But mm-hmm. but yeah. that's that's the thing. Do the big job first, and then mm-hmm. do the second job after that. that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I, I speak the truth, people. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was the idiot that used to do the ebook and then fiddle around the thing. And I've always put yeah, the illustration yeah. on first because I'm an artist and I can draw it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do all that. And then and then the typeface doesn't fit. You've got to go back to the thing and you're going backwards yeah. and forwards. And it never quite fits together. But now, words, then the picture. Learn from your you know, experience. Only three colors. Nice. <laughs> Words, picture, three colors, two typefaces max, or just one. That's it. That's yeah, a, a, that's a it. creative media degree right there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> He's writing it down. Well done, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> three. Yeah, I'm crossing it. out the number 10. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> happy days. Yeah. So there you go. That's it's, it's happy. It's a happy thing, but it's a, it's a joy. I think there's no greater joy than even as you say, you've got your proof back and you think, no, I've got to change that. But as an indie author, you can, you can mm-hmm. get in there and you can go, no, I'm not having blue. I'm having pink now, or mm-hmm. I don't like that thing, or I can start again, or I've got to tweak this and it's your thing. And I think there's lots of us out there, creative people, and we're able to do that. And I think it's, a, mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing yeah definitely yeah 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 when I first got into writing I kind of saw traditional publishing as kind of the the route that I wanted to to pursue but I I don't think I would go back now I don't think I'll ever go back to kind of um you know trying to pursue that route even if I do feel like um I've maybe you know produced something that could succeed or, or that would you know find a home in traditional publishing I think kind of for that very reason I don't think I would be interested yeah. in in going down that route yeah I, th- I think also there's a lot of people now that are more hybrid that, mm. that do, you know, they, they might think, well, actually it'd be nice for it and you get a good deal, you know, and you mm. go into the hybrid thing. And I think, but but I think as an indie author, we're different. We don't go, oh, yes, to the publishing house or, mm-hmm. oh, yes, whatever you say. We go, no, actually, mm-hmm. this is what I want. Mm-hmm. I You know, I'm the creative and we're owning our creativity. And I think that is the 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 thing about you know the whole indie author movement or or mm-hmm. you know any creatives that are independent be they artists or whatever i think there's you know with the digital age i think there's much more uh space for people to be able to do that and i think it's mm-hmm. a really good thing i think it's much healthier mm-hmm. um because i think for so long you know creatives are just not getting paid or not mm-hmm. getting the recognition that they deserve and um you know you know even if you go hybrid later on you'll go hybrid in your own way and you'll tell them mm-hmm. what you think you know mm-hmm. it, it's be much more the ball will be in your court you mm-hmm. know yeah so and you'll know your worth as well you know that's the other thing well that's the thing yeah if you're yeah. if you kind of have a platform and and yeah. you have the kind of autonomy to say actually i don't need this but this is something that you know this is something that I'd, I'd want to do or i'd like to do but i don't necessarily need to do then yeah you you've you have a like you said the balls in your court you've got a lot more leverage there whereas yeah kind of a a lowly you know author just desperately trying to get into traditional publishing yeah i think the days of please publish me are mm-hmm. gone now where yeah. we're saying well i don't know i might let you i might not you know? yeah yeah exactly yeah that's <laughs> exactly. it yeah you're very much yeah. Let, letting them have your work yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah well i think it's it's good fun i'd like to ask you a question actually oh, though, of course you can yeah 
Ask, um, ask, ask away. <laughs> what do you think about uh, AI in writing and how that might kind of impact traditional publishing, indie publishing, things like that? It's quite a hot topic right now. I haven't really spoken to anyone about this at great length. So, yeah, just... Yeah, I think I think it's a, I think it's an interesting thing. I was I was listening to something or read something about uh, the uh, the artificial intelligence uh, creating art, mm. and uh, the a lot of the problems with that is that they're using lots of art that's already been created, and then mm-hmm. then the uh, then the, the robot, if you like, is mashing it all together mm. and creating something new. But what's happening is the people who created the art that that's being used as the robot's brain haven't been credited or paid mm-hmm. for so yeah. I, th- I think that's i think that's a problem you know it's a big with, issue with yeah it's a real really big issue and um yeah i i think it's i think it's very tricky but then you know the world moves on all the time doesn't it that's it and i, yeah, and, and I think you have to you have to sort of go with it and try and make it work for you and like anything i think you know parameters need to be set you know people mm-hmm. need to decide what it is that's right you know and and i think as long as creators are getting paid for what they do you know be it art or be it mm-hmm. or be it um you know writing then mm-hmm. i think that's fine what, what's your biggest worry about it do you think well i'm not 100 percent convinced that i am worried or that i should be worried at this point like i, I definitely see why people are worried and i de- i understand the kind of concerns around it um i'm not quite as doomsday about it as i've seen other people become um but yeah definitely like definitely it could absolutely you know ruin the lives of many creative people but then it could also be a tool that creative people could use to their own benefit and i've seen people make that argument um you know before laptops we had typewriters before typewriters you know people just sat and wrote with you know pens and quills and whatnot so it could just be a tool that people use to to produce writing it could be used to um yeah exploit and take advantage of of artists and kind of i definitely agree that we need to agree what the parameters are on how it can be used but even doing that is so messy i just think it's such an interesting and fascinating and just like multifaceted topic i don't even know where to begin forming an opinion on it to be honest i have no idea what i think yeah, I think I think yeah. it's very I think it's very tricky. I mean, I mean, they have really said. I remember when the new, you know, with the whole digital art that people make. I don't mean from AI, but just like stuff like Photoshop and everything. Mm. Oh, you know, it's not proper art. Blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. well, you know, if you're if you're not artistic, you can still produce something. Mm-hmm. But but if you are artistic, and I can draw. I could draw you if you like, mm-hmm. sit still long enough. Do you know what I mean? It's not a problem. But if you mm-hmm. have have an art, you know, if you're truly artistic, you're going to make something great with it, mm-hmm. you know. And it's the same with the writing. I think, you know, somebody could put something into a robot and get it to spit something out. But then if you're good at writing, if mm-hmm. you've got that creative urge or, you know, that that kind of mind, you're going to look at that and tweak it and make it into something really special. So, you know, like you say, it, surely it's just a tool, and there's no stopping it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go away just because we were a bit scared. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, on that note, Josh, <laughs> it's a kind of a depressing note. To, we could to have end a it, we could have a long chat about just that. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Josh, Maybe I should have brought that up with like five minutes on the clock. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but it, it is. It is fasc- no, I think it's fascinating stuff. It's it's and like you say, it is happening. We can't mm. we can't put 
you can't put it put back. the genie you can't put the genie back into the bottle exactly. it's, it's it's here yeah absolutely anyway josh where can people find joshua neil online um you can visit my website which is just joshua neil fiction.com mm-hmm. um or you can find me basically on any social media and my handle is just always joshua neil yaf brilliant so that's tiktok facebook instagram twitter basically everything yeah brilliant really nice now nice and neat i like the way you've got the um all your names the same well done yeah <laughs> you must have listened some... to my, you must have listened to my podcast it said the seven the seven mistakes authors make yeah <laughs> like making putting a different name on twitter and, yeah. thing, and nobody can find you because i find this when i'm trying to link it in at the end you know when i write mm-hmm. the show notes and then i go to put the handles on and i don't actually put people's social media handles on now because mm-hmm. i can't be bothered to wait to through type them all out yeah and yeah. find find that the, because they're all different so it drives yeah. me out so i just go well you know there's the website and i'm sure people can just bounce through from the website that's it you can everywhere. get there from the website most you of can. the time yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. brilliant well anyway josh it's been lovely to talk to you and i'm glad we're uh, glad we got together in the end and uh and I wish you every success for The Boy of Dust and Ash. Thank you is, very much. Yeah. yeah. Well, when is it out? It is out on the 23rd of July. 23rd of July. Yeah, Why the 23rd of July? Away. Is that um, a special date? Not really. No, just because no. that's roughly the time I wanted to release it. And it makes a nice symmetrical 23-7-23 that looks good on Oh, that's nice. You see, there was a reason. Things. I knew so, there'd be a reason. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like that. 23rd of July. Brilliant. I like it. Yeah. 23. Yeah, I like that too. I hadn't have thought of that. Mm. <laughs> bit of bit of maths. Anyway, it's been great to bit. talk to you, Josh. And Thanks you. For... Thank you so much for having me. So lovely to talk to Joshua Neil. I think we probably could have spent the whole episode actually talking about the whole AI issue, that's for sure. Uh and the AI is just one of those things. I think it's not going to go away. I think we've all just got to, you know think about what we do and make sure that we're doing everything you know ethically and making sure that everybody gets paid i mean hopefully you know all this new technology keeps coming up perhaps they'll invent some technology to ensure that creators you know get paid and um get credited for everything that they do you know let's hope somebody invents something like that yeah um it is it is what it is you know we just have to get on with it anyway nice to talk to him and his books out very soon so uh, yes, so um, this is the part of the episode that I normally say, and uh, next week my guest is da 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 da. Um, however, I'm not actually going to say that this week because I, I feel it might come back to bite me. Uh, I haven't got another episode recorded at this point. I'm having a week off this week um, recording and that kind of thing because I want to concentrate on my writing. And anybody that's been on the podcast will know that I kind of work on this in blocks. So I'll have a, like a, a week where I'll you know, do lots and lots of recordings. I kind of set up my little studio here, not really a studio, but, you know, I put the blankets round and try and damp down the sound and get it, get it as good as I can and got all my microphone um, rigged up. And, uh, and then I can kind of leave it up and keep coming back to uh, record interviews. And then when I've got a few on the go, um, obviously then I have to start editing them and um, getting them out there. And generally, I've usually got a few stacked up and then I edit them and put them out. And um, that's absolutely great. And they they go out on a, um, you know, I schedule the episodes. So that's absolutely fine. Um, and the, But the trouble is, at this point, I have a little bit of time today where I would really like to get this episode scheduled and published and out and ready for, you know, ready to go into Podbean, my 
my podcast host. Uh, but I, I can't really say who's coming on next. I've got interviews lined up, but the trouble with that is if I kind of say it's going to be this author or that author, you bet your life that'll be the interviewee that doesn't turn up. Or, you know, I've had one lot where um, over, the, over the course, when I'm nearly at a year now, I've nearly done a whole year's worth of podcasts, which is great. Um, and on the whole, it's been pretty good experience. I've had one thing where it was recorded over Zoom and for some weird reason, which I couldn't fathom, the file was corrupted when I tried to, you know, use it and I had to kind of go back and we had to do a re-recording. Um, that was a bit of a, I mean, I mean, the person was really great. You know, I've had one thing where I didn't turn up, which was actually Joshua Neal because my dog ran off. Um, which was a bit of a bit of a thing, um, but he was very understanding, thankfully, because we're all just human in the end. <clears throat> Another lady didn't turn up because, and I sort of sat there and waited and thought, oh gosh, is this what this is going to be like doing this podcasting? Are people going to, you know, say they're going to be here on this end of this Zoom call and then not turn up, and I'm going to be hanging around? Anyway, it turned out that her house had burnt down. <laughs> I mean, literally, and I saw it on Facebook. Um, afterwards, you know, she gave me the link. So it was it was a genuine thing. So that was it. So on the whole, people do turn up and I've had I've had one or two people let me down. So my thing is, I'm not going to say who's coming on next week because actually I don't know. I've got a few people um, lined up. In fact, I think I've got seven interviews um, for the week after next, which uh, which will be great and um, absolutely marvellous. But also sometimes things get moved and the person who was coming on the Wednesday then decides they can't make it till the Friday. And so you might say that person's coming, but then of course they've changed their position in the queue to come on anyway. So that's it. So I don't know who's coming on next week, but I'm sure they'll be absolutely fascinating, as has everybody. It's been the most fascinating thing. I really enjoy talking to all these different writers about their things. And um, what I find fascinating is that everybody's got a slightly different take on the whole writing life, you know, and, and different advice to give, which is always, you know, interesting to hear. Anyway, that's enough for me rabbiting on as usual. So this has been the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith and uh, you can find me at www.djbowmansmith.com where you'll find all the show notes if you didn't happen to have them on the app where you picked up the podcast. The podcast comes out every Monday. Uh, what else? Oh yes, you can also find me as tigermolly.com um, as a children's writer. And I've got two books out in my children's writing so far, two little illustrated chapter books. So if you've got children who are readers between sort of the age of eight and 12, you know, that might be just the thing for you. And you can find me across all the social media links and you can find those links on my website as usual. Um, so that's it. So thanks for listening. It's been great as ever. Until next time. Bye bye.